What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly dose of all that is pop culture and nerdum with your three favorite fat nerds. That's right, it's time for the flagship Three Fat Nerds podcast, better known as 3FN. And of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich, and joining me each and every week as they do is my homies. First of all, the man who this week showed up to the studio with a check for $3 million and an NDA from Vince McMahon. I don't know what that's about, but ladies and gentlemen, I give you Ron. Hey, somebody had to get the money for the podcast. (laughs) Well, we appreciate you, and an upgrade is coming in the near future. (laughs) And of course, the other man in the studio is the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction of all podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. It's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malay because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. Once again, give it up for Diesel. No NDA, but I did get a restraining order. I <laughs> And the restraining order did not come from Vince. It came from Brock Lesnar's daughter. <laughs> challenge Hashtag accepted. challenge accepted. <laughs> How is everybody's week going? Before we go any further, I hope everybody out there in listener land had a wonderful week and a wonderful Father's Day if uh, you celebrate Father's Day. Uh, if not, I hope you just had a wonderful week. With that being said... Ronald, how has been your week? No, week was okay. Work was work. I had overtime Wednesday, so I missed out on my Wednesday game group. So I don't know how far they are. If they finished it, they might. They could have possibly finished it last week. I don't know yet. I'll find out this Wednesday. My Friday group, we met. Uh, we, you know, was going through, and uh, the one player who I work with that works nights took off. That's why I had to work Wednesday, but he was able to show up Friday night, and all two have his character. Die. <laughs> Likely story. <laughs> yeah, well, it was his choice. The room that they were in, there was a trap that was going off. And it's a trap! He was. It was a, a shield that just kept shooting out disintegrate raids on anybody. And he's like, well, we need this to fight the boss or the creature down the hallway, so pick it up. And the barbarian's like, okay. Picks it up and points it right at him. <laughs> I've had the old Alabama switcheroo happen before, too. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah. I go, how are you picking it up? And he's like, I pick it up and I face it outward, <laughs> outward towards. I'm like, well, since you're not going directly to the hallway with it or dragging it over and then lifting it up, it hits him. <laughs> and yeah. it was enough to disintegrate him. But that was that. You know, the weekend was uh, fine. Father's Day was good. Did pulled pork for the Father's Day festivities. Sounds Every, delicious. Everybody seemed to do it. I liked it. Enjoy it. And... Got to enjoy the new holiday today with a day off. Yes, good job. Yeah, you got a paid day off. Congratulations. Woohoo! Uh, and, and by the way, I almost forgot. Happy Juneteenth for everybody who celebrated Juneteenth. Yep. Uh, and uh, it just happened to be on Father's Day. So, yeah. and I'm I'm still new at celebrating Father's Day. It's only been my sixth Father's Day. So, yeah. well, so, I get you. so it's it's a big deal for me. But yeah, happy Juneteenth as well out there. Uh, and uh, Diesel, how was your week? Uh, tales from retail. 
has become my wife. Uh, besides that, the weekend was very busy. Um, did a lot of work here at Dragon Master Games. Um, Sunday, though, just had a very nice day. I went up to my dad's. Uh, we had a nice cookout up there, chicken, uh, barbecue spare ribs, uh, linguine sausage that he had uh, shipped in, and then he sent me home with some chorizo. I can't wait to try that. And that's about it. it was a, yesterday was the only quiet day I had in a long time, so I'm looking forward to another one, but I've got a busy schedule coming up through the summer for Magic tournaments here and elsewhere. Absolutely, that's pretty awesome. Well, I, I had an interesting week myself. I mean, I, I obviously, besides work, I did go to New York City this past Saturday for Game Changer Wrestling. I went down there with uh, Ken M and, of course, Crazy Curtis. Nice. We, had, we hung out, we had a good show, Watch, I had some uh, Shake Shack. Uh, enjoyed the New York City. I mean, it was like the first time. I've been down there f- a, a few times during the pandemic, but this was the first time I was down there when everything was like full board. Times Square was fucking packed, and it's been a while since I've seen it packed. Yeah. So, so that was pretty cool. Uh, then Sunday, like I said, Father's Day. Uh, I celebrated Father's Day. I went up to see my father-in-law, but then I also celebrated by just laying on my ass and watching wrestling because, hey, it's my day, and that's what the fuck I wanted to do. Oh, yeah. That's how me. that should be. Uh, so I hope all the other dads out there got to do exactly what they wanted to do on their special day as well. So yeah, it was just pretty awesome. I had a good time. I, other than uh, being on my feet mostly Saturday, I made up for it for being on my ass most of Sunday. Also, as a gift to me, my wife did the laundry. So I didn't even have to do the laundry this week. Ooh, so nice. good on me. I was, uh, that's usually my house, the job around the house. But with that being said, like I said, I hope everybody had a great week. Great weekend, you know. If you know you had a great Juneteenth, if you were celebrating Juneteenth, you had a great Father's Day, if you're celebrating Father's Day, or fuck it, you just had a great week. Because we always want hope you guys have a great week. And if you didn't, make this week count and rule this upcoming week's ass. And we're here to help you kick that off. But before we can do that, we gotta get some business out of the way and hit up some of those opening plugs. And of course. If you would like to get in touch with us to say what's up or to suggest a movie we should review or just to, you know, give us your opinion on anything, hit us up on those social medias, Three Fat Nerds Podcast on Facebook, on Facebook, yes, uh, like and share that page. Of course, we're at Three Fat Nerds Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, hashtag 3FNPod whenever talking about the show. Uh, of course, you can visit us at 8122productions.com. And there you can get all the information, including those social uh, addresses. Of course, you can also find out about 607TWS, this show. You can uh, get the uh, link to the Tee Public store, where you can buy some sweet swag and help support the show. Also, you get the uh, link to the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash 607podcast, where every week, myself and Ken M from the ODPH podcast talk all things pro wrestling live on Twitch at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Mondays, and of course, anywhere in podcast form later that night, as soon as I get Get home and then put it up and then of course there's also the link to patreon patreon.com slash 8122 productions for as little as one dollar a month you get a ton of extra bonus content and help support the show and everything we do here at 8122 productions slash 607 podcast and we do truly appreciate it Finally, at 8122productions.com, you can find out about friends of the show like the ODPH and like our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Of course, that's going down August 26th and 27th at Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. And uh, it's cheap, man. It's $15 for the day pass, $20 for the weekend. Get to meet some horror celebrities, including Richard Mouser, uh, David Howard Thornton, and CJ Graham, amongst a ton of other people and vendors. Come check it out. For all information, sci-fi horrorfest.com. And last but certainly not least, 
there is the musical acts that provide us with music but we want to give a shout out a special shout out to the uh, band that does our opening theme song of course that is shout out to robots who is in the studio right now getting a new album out on the way of course make sure you hit them up anywhere you get great music spotify bandcamp and youtube for supporting us there's other bands there check them out as well with that being said that is it for the opening plugs i'm plugging the hell out of it diesel i'm plugging it Oh, and you I, had nothing. You had nothing to add. Oh, I love plugging it. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Maybe you need to sign the NDA next. <laughs> Although, how ingenious is the, is that? Have an NDA signed to cover your uh, affair? Oh, it's beautiful. Being rich must be awesome. <laughs> I know exactly. I wish I. I wish I knew that exact feeling. But with that being said, it is now time for us to hit you off with this week's edition of. Nerd news. Bing, bang, boom. boom. Yeah, ta, ta. I just love doing that. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody at home right now. It's like he's the fucking fat guy again. He's making the bing, bang, boom sound. Just wait till we get a word of Shang Chi too. Then we're gonna do fing, fang, foom. Ooh, I hope so. I hope. I, I was gonna say. I hope we get fing, fang, foom. How great would that be, by the way? But. Let's talk about some MCU news. It's a little brief news. It's it's not too much, but it did break to today uh, because Kevin Fahey, the Lord and Savior himself, sat down with Total Film and uh, dropped a cryptic line to them. And we're going to give you what we think it means. And of course, he says, as we're nearing the end of phase four, I think people will start to see where this next stage is going. Uh, goes on to say, I think there have been many clues already that are at least apparent to me of where this whole saga is going. Of course, what he is teasing is that their new Endgame, see what I did there, what? is, of course, Secret Wars, not just the show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, inspired by the 2015 comic book crossover of the same name, where a multiversal war in cosmic events called incursions threatened to the destruction of the entire universes. Marvel has hinted at the direction of the, the next phase with the arrival of He Who Remains, that would be Jonathan Majors, uh, who played that role. And of course, he will be playing the role of King the Conqueror in the upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Quantumania, brothers, running wild. If they don't do that, I'm going to be upset. They should do shirts with the the red and the yellow. Uh, And the looming perils of the incursions that we learned about in Doctor Strange 2. So, Fahey Tease will be a little more direct about that in the coming months to set a plan so audiences who want to see the bigger picture can see a tiny, tiny, tiny bit more of the roadmap. I think he was just fucking making an Ant-Man joke. (laughs) I just want to throw that out there. Uh, Of course, Marvel Studios is fully expected to make the return to Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con this year in July. And I'm expecting them to announce the Phase 5 there, as well as I've called it already, and I've been saying it for a long time, and I think this is the writing's on the wall. It's not like I'm a fucking genius. I'm not Nostradamus. I'm not claiming <laughs> something we don't already know. But I'm also going to say that they're going to announce the Fantastic Four casting. And it's in its final. As obviously we know, probably John Krasinski and Emily Blunt will be announced. That doesn't mean that's set in stone. It just means after obviously the events of uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, 
It looks at like we're going in that direction, but I'm also expecting them to announce Phase 5 because it's about time that they would do that and get the direction. Uh, how do you feel about Kevin Fahey's uh, statement? Once again, it's a lot of things that we kind of already know. that We've been hinting at going in this direction. This is where this direction is building to being Kang the Big Bad and the multiverse. Uh, Diesel, we'll start with you. How do you feel about this uh, teaser, if you will? We can't wait for the actual announcement, and yep, hopefully it is at Hall H. Um, yes, put out that that little uh, roadmap of you know what's going to be coming out on the different platforms, and it could be a big old pile of shit, but I'm still going to watch it because <laughs> I love this Marvel stuff. I'm glad you brought up that roadmap because I've missed seeing that roadmap, yeah. so it'll be nice to see that back. Uh, Ron, how are you feeling? It's fine. It's just showing where they're what the, that they are still pushing forward, which we all knew. Um, it's Kevin Fahey doing what he does, and he's giving just enough to keep people still attached and interested, being like, "Look, this stuff's going to come out. We're going to show you what's going on. Here you go." And it's what we need, like it, yep. just to keep people interested. And when you think they're falling a little flat, I go, you get this, and you're like, oh, there's going to be something in here that you're going to want to see. And then they're going to be like Eternals too. Well, well mm. yeah, I'll go and watch it. I, re- <laughs> I actually rewatched that the other day, and I wanted to gouge my eyes out, but that's besides the point. <laughs> it was when it was during COVID, and while I was had COVID and was at home and bored, and I'm like, oh, maybe this will kill me, but it didn't. Um, but you know, everything else they've been hitting has been fine. Yeah. I, I, you know, they're not all going to be winners, <laughs> so. Well, we'll keep everybody informed as we hear more news. And, of course, we are all looking forward to San Diego Comic-Con and what comes out of Hall H, not just for Marvel, but for everybody else. So uh, we also know that Kevin Smith is returning, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, to Hall H as well. That's already been announced. Uh, So, speaking, I'm glad that Ron used the word pulling out. <laughs> hey, it's strong. My game's strong here. Because uh, it looks like Chris Chris Hemsworth is not sure if he will be gaining some 24-inch pythons, brother, for the bi- Hulk Hogan biopic. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe Thor spoke to Chris Van Vliet, who uh, I, I know very well, but he is a prominent professional wrestling journalist, to promote his new Netflix movie, Spiderhead. When asked about the status of the planned Hulk Hogan biopic, Hemsworth did not make it seem like either he or director Todd Phillips would be feeling the power of Hulkamania anytime soon. And I quote, Todd Phillips is busy doing Joker 2, I believe, and I've been off doing other films, said Hemsworth. It's all in conversations and in development, and like a lot of things, a lot of things need to come together for it to happen. But I don't have 24-inch pythons yet. So it looks like that uh, we're going to be waiting a little longer on that uh, Hulk Hogan biopic. If you guys didn't already know, that had been in the works. Chris Hemsworth has been attached to that project since 2017. Yep. Todd Phillips has been attached to that since 2019. So, how are you feeling about the status, brother? Diesel? <clears throat> yeah, uh, one of the things I forgot was Todd Phillips was attached, but then with all the success of Joker, and now how they're looking at somebody to kind of be the creative visionary, and his name's getting thrown around, the Hulk Hogan thing is going to be thrown to the way back burners, because everyone's going to be busy doing that type of stuff kind of sucks, but uh, I am fine with not seeing a Hulk Hogan biopic. If it means I could see a cool DC universe. Well, <laughs> what you going to do brother? Uh, Ron, how are you feeling about it? Okay, fine. Whatever. I mean, I did watch Spiderhead over the weekend cause it released this weekend, I believe on Netflix and it was okay. So, I mean, this movie might have been better than this. <laughs> I watched it because your man Miles Teller was in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did he still have that sweet mustache? He It was shaved. Oh, and not, like, it was there. It was just kind of shaved. 
lightly shaved, so it wasn't. So he basically had the old dirty yeah. Sanchez. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, now, the only reason I'll I'll be upset though is if there's a great casting for the Iron Sheik, <laughs> and Iron Sheik like narrates it through a series of tweets. <laughs> Dude, the real Iron Sheik? Because that, that's the only way I'm really in. Like, I, he, I don't want him to be in the movie only because I don't think he can move anymore, but for narration. Oh, my God. Can I just get one time? Oh. The Hulk Hogan is a bee. He's a, he is a loser. The Iron Sheik humble him with his big cock. <laughs> That's right. If you don't know all about the Iron Sheik rants, oh, baby, get online and find out for yourselves. I can't do it justice. All right. Next up, uh, something we uh, haven't been talking about because I was waiting for more things to come out. And so we have some stuff. We have some Scream 6 news. Of what? course, last we knew, uh, previous to the couple weeks ago, Scream 6 was being on, uh, you know, on the dockets coming out in the fall of 2022. So, yes, it will be out this year. Uh, which is kind of fucking crazy that they've gone back to back on us. Yeah. Uh, not unusual though for Scream movies. Uh, it may get pushed back until the first quarter, January of 2023 now, uh, due to the fact that it started shooting a little later. Uh, partially due and because allegedly there was some, uh, well, we know that the first part's not alleged. Nev Campbell is not coming back for Scream 6. Uh, and allegedly it was over a money dispute. Uh, a lot of people jumped to a lot of conclusions out there. And said a lot of things like, I'm not talking about the people around the situation. Nev Campbell has been very gracious in not saying, but a lot of, there's some other people who were saying like myself, like, Hey, wait and find out. Maybe she wanted too much money for a cameo row. Maybe they did shortchange her. And she said, fuck no. And I'm, I stand behind her. Uh, it did come out the, this past week. There's some co-stars of the movie, uh, including Matthew Lillard had a lot to say, uh, including this. He said, did Tom Cruise take less money from Top Gun Maverick? Fuck no, dude. So why is a woman supposed to take less? Why wouldn't you pay her more as the series goes on? And why was Scream 5 a hit or not a hit? It was a smash hit. Did they make a shit ton of money? Yes. Should Nev, Nev Campbell be paid for the work she's done in five movies of a franchise? Yes. Because she's a female lead of one of the most successful horror franchises ever. Matthew Lillard would go on to also tweet about how it is, plain out, let's call it what it is, sexist. Um... I, I, obviously, he did a signing with her over this past weekend before he made those statements, so I'm sure that he knows a lot more yeah. about this than we do. He's right. not usually one to rock the boat, so I'm going to take his word on it. Uh, he also was he said that he was he was told that it was a robust role. However, other people have said that the role was anemic. So there's two different mixing of the reports, and obviously they only took a week off of shooting. They only started a week later when she didn't come back. So if it was a robust, uh, you know, role, I don't think it would have taken just a week to rewrite yeah. the whole script. So I, I I'm gonna lean towards the fact that it wasn't a huge role. Uh, that still does not make it right. Uh, I will say this, and before I table it, before we talk about more scream news, um, I, him comparing her to Tom Cruise is a little off, though. I mean, leading lady, yes, but she doesn't have the Tom Cruise career. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I love Nev Campbell and Scream. This is not a hate Nev Campbell section, so don't go there. It's not that. It's just that when you compare her to Tom Cruise, who has been in some of the biggest blockbusters of all fucking time, he's one of the greatest actors of our time, that is a little different than Nev Campbell. Um, I would put Nev Campbell more in line with maybe a Jamie Lee Curtis, even though I think Jamie Lee Curtis has had a better career. Not True. saying anything bad about Nev Campbell once again, but I think she. But I would put her in the line, and she should have probably gotten paid like Jamie Lee Curtis got paid to return to Halloween. Before we talk more about Scream, how do you feel about what is going on with Nev Campbell, Ron? I 
I understand where she's coming from. She feels she deserves a little bit more. She is the name of the franchise. But as, you know, they're rebooting it, you know, maybe they didn't have a big part for her. Maybe it was just how they wanted to use the legacy characters in the last one, and now they were going to move forward. Then it was maybe a sign-off, maybe not necessarily kill her character, Sydney, but possibly, you know, to give her a sign-off. Like, hey, you go, you went off and actually continued to have your married life. Because, I mean, that's how it pretty much felt in the, in the last one. Like, she was off doing her thing until GoFace showed up and Dewey called her. Other than that, it would have just been on the news and she probably wouldn't have shown up. Yeah. Like, so... I think it was more of a, a little role to push it forward and give her a little send-off, go have her life, you know, whatever, and possibly bring her back when they needed to if this one doesn't do as well. But, you know, like, if you actually do the last movie and take her out of it, it doesn't really change anything. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, true. I agree. Uh, Diesel, I know that Diesel's not up your alley, yeah. but uh, how do you feel about the whole Nev Campbell situation? Yeah, this is one of those weird topics, and it, it does boiled down to like how big the role is going to be and how much money we're talking about and i do think there is probably a little bit of sexism involved in it as well with hollywood um that being said though it's like where 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 do you know your worth on this because it is a horror franchise which it does make a lot of money but again they don't put a lot of money into these things like pretty much everybody is replaceable like even looking into the bigger franchises like how much did um uh, Freddy Krueger get paid. Um, Robert England. Yeah, Robert yeah. England. I have no clue. Probably not. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't Tom Cruise. Names. I know. I know that famously they did not want to pay him uh, in full, like like a ton of money for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two. That's why they didn't use. They used him sparingly. And there's even scenes in the movie where it's a stuntman as Freddy Krueger. Yeah. So I do know that did happen. It's just a, that weird. It's the weirdest uh, genre of films to have a star in because everyone is so replaceable especially in the like scream queen category but that being said she is one of the leading ladies in a massive horror franchise and i think she should be compensated as such it's just one of those weird ones though there's no right answer there's no wrong answer it's it's just a weird one and like i don't know how the movie's been progressing but you know if there's a a dispute for money right now just write off the character for a while don't kill her off screen because you never know what's going to happen in a couple of years where you guys can come to a deal and bring her back in so it's eh, it's weird all right well we do have more scream six news and uh including some casting news but before we get to the casting news i want to get to another big juicy bit it has been announced that at least part of it, they haven't said how much of it at least part of this will not happen in woodsboro Maybe even a big part, because they haven't announced how much or how little it will be. We have now found out that Ghostface will be making his triumphant appearance in the Big Apple, New York City, as uh, Scream 6 will take place at least partly in New York City, so we could say Ghostface takes Manhattan. Uh, (laughs) But before we uh, continue talking about that, (laughs) let's talk about what we have. Uh, By the way, I did get an update. It has been pushed back to March 31st of 2023. Uh, Originally, they were trying to get it out in the fall of 2022. I did hear that it got pushed back into 2023. It is now officially March 31st, 2023 that it will be coming out, and it will still be directed by Matt Batelli, Alpin, and Tyler Gillette, who are, of course, are of Radio Silence, and uh, their their writers are also writing the movie. Uh, So we have some casting news before we move on and uh, already on the cast we had returning melissa barrera jenna ortega jasmine savoy brown and mason gooding as well as returning legacy characters in uh one uh courtney cox 
And returning, returning. Hey, Dewey? No, Hayden oh. Panettiere is returning as Kirby. Uh, of course, she was from the fourth film, so she will be returning, and that is confirmed. Uh, they've added uh, four more names. Jack Champion from Avengers Endgame, Avatar The Way of the Water. Liana Liberato from If I Stay. Devin Nakoda from Ginny and Georgia. And Josh Segara from Arrow in She-Hulk will be joining the cast in unknown roles so far of Scream Six. So, how is everybody feeling about some of the new additions, including the fact of uh, the date coming out of March thirty first, twenty twenty three? Run. It's fine. Like, I mean, we'll see where they go. Like, the last one was written well. Uh, well, you know, if they keep up with what they're doing, the fact that they're taking out a Willsboro is actually a big step. Uh, so, I mean, at least it's advancing the story a little bit more. It makes a little more sense. Um, so, we'll see how it goes. I. I you know, hold hope that it'll be good. We'll go see it, obviously. I mean, I, you know, the extra casting doesn't make it better for me. Like, okay. the legacy characters, okay, fine, I'm, I'm good with it. Well, either way, and we'll see how it goes. Absolutely, Diesel, anything to add? If he doesn't behead, I'm not saying punch, but behead a boxer, this movie is a fail. <laughs> Abs, uh, there you go. Maybe, <laughs> Never mind. maybe they, they need to do something to if they, if they, they need to do <laughs> need something to, to homage. Uh, Jason takes man. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. They do have to do something to homage that. I have seen some pretty cool concept art, of course, not done by studios, just yeah. done by artists uh, of what it should look like. One was like Ghostface as the Statue of Liberty. Oh, uh, nice. so the Statue of Liberty <laughs> instead of the the torch, the knife, knife, and the Ghostface, and then another one was like kind of Ghostface in the clouds and the Empire State Building becoming the knife. Nice. So I was like, those both look Actually, good. So if they don't come up with something better than that, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, that's nice. I'm gonna be pissed. All right, so we only have one more subject to talk about in the nerd news this week, and as you know, we like to end with a fun one. But before I even play this, before I even talk about it. I do need to play the diesel warning. So y'all need to have your kids, have your wife, and have your husband because they're raping everybody out here. If you don't, if you don't like to be offended, <laughs> or you are, or, or, or your offensive meter is kind of low, this may not be the spot for you. Why I just, are you I listening to us? Uh, also, it's very true, Ron. And I would also like to say that the thoughts and opinions of uh, one diesel do not represent the thoughts and opinions of me or who the fuck am I kidding? It does. It's hilarious. <laughs> All right, so uh, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but a little while ago, Lou Ferrigno was in the news cycle a little bit because he kept questioning CGI in films. Well, old Lou is back because uh, he did an interview with the Washington Times and had the following to say. He said, though I appreciate the amazing visual work these artists are producing, it's missing the raw human performance qualities that I believe only an actor can play, Ferrigno said, especially when it comes to the Hulk. He would go on to say, what's happening is that the first two Hulk movies, the CGI was improving, but the last one, Endgame, I was disappointed because the Hulk needs to be hideous. He needs to be a creature, Ferrigno previously said at Candace Hamilton Comic Con. So he said that previously. And he said, you see an Endgame, Mark Ruffalo, I think it has a lot to do with him in Disney. I didn't like what he, uh, the way he portrayed Hulk. It took away the beauty, the quality of the Hulk. That's why a lot of people like the series. I want to point out, very telling, that he said that he thought that the Hulk needs to be hideous. Says a lot about him. Because <laughs> if we remember in the Hulk TV series, he was just painted green. So, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if that was the one. But with that being said, I think Diesel has something he wants to say. All I got to say 
Lou Ferrigno, you know, it is a major voice in the world of the Hulk. And I'm just feeling that he didn't like the Professor Hulk character because Professor Hulk was still the big green giant, but he could articulate <laughs> properly. You know, as opposed to being like just an unspoken role on the TV show. I'm sure he got very jealous that the Professor Hulk could speak and not sound like, I'm Melissa Vigo, and I don't like CCI. What the? I, 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 I was on King of Queens. <laughs> Fucking twat waffle. <laughs> so y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they raped the name out here. Could you imagine in the 70s, the network, when they tried to have the Incredible Hulk speak? It would have just been horrible. It would have been musty TV, though. It would have been musty TV. Everybody would have saw it. Might not have heard it, but would have saw it. Diesel's reloading over here. (laughs) Well, Lou Ferrigno's still not a fan of CGI. Diesel Diesel still doesn't mind defending the deaf. And uh, last but certainly not least, uh, I got to say, I, I still am drawn back to the fact that he said the Hulk needs to be hideous. That and I'm just great. like, the only thing they really did was give him bushier eyebrows and paint him green. Paint him green, and he had the fucking um, the blonde Mo Howard haircut back in the day. Right, right. And he had bushy <laughs> eyebrows. The only thing they really gave him. So I'm like, wasn't that a so wig? basically? Yeah, it was a wig. Okay, but I'm like, I'm like, so he's basically saying he was hideous. <laughs> Lou, I don't know if that's the look you want, brother. I don't know. Lou, do you, animal in bed. Do you think Lou is still pissed off that Arnold Schwarzenegger made it big and he didn't? <laughs> Lou is... All right, so we do the conventions and stuff like that. And there's a certain type of celebrity that is a mainstay in the, the mid-tier, lower-tier convention circle. And Lou is one of those guys that tries to charge way too much money, especially since you can't have a conversation with him. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know. Lou, you know, I, I love, I, I have fond memories of Lou as the Incredible Hulk back in the Hulk series, you know, where it was, it was good. It was good stuff. I enjoyed that. I, I don't know about I haven't you rewatched know. it lately, so I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm not rewatching it. No, no. I, that, that shit aged out a long time yeah, ago. The only good thing about that show was the end music. I just want to point out, when they made the last made-for-TV movie, which was like 91, 92, I could be off by a year, uh, let me just throw it out there. They were still looking in Bell. He was still, Bruce Banner was still in Bell Bottoms. Yes. Uh, they never changed with any of the times. No. So I just want to throw that out there. All right. Well, with that being said, Lou Ferrigno, still not a fan of the 3FN pod, and, you know, hey, whatever. It is what it is. No, no, no. He is still a fan of the three fat nerds because he has not heard a single thing I said. <laughs> and if any of you guys have knocked me out, I will come for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, with that being In said, more ways than one. What well, that is also true. <laughs> uh, with those being said, with that being said, that is going to take us out of this week's uh, nerd news. But you know what? When the nerd new de- news ends, that doesn't mean the show ends. We're going to keep it rolling right on over to. Let's all go to the lobby. Welcome back to Diesel's movie Triple Stuff. We had another big week in the box office with three movies in the double digits, high double digits. But coming in at number five with $1.1 million, Bob's Burgers movie uh, for its fourth week on the list. Not good for them. Uh, finally coming down into the single digits. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness with another $4.2 million. Hey, so hold in. They're still making yeah. good money and made a shit ton. 
Number three, Top Gun Maverick with another $44 million. God damn, that movie was good. <laughs> and the critics and the people are paying with their wallets agree. When yeah. will Top Gun finally drop out of the double digits? <laughs> I don't know. But I'm happy. To, well, you know what, though? It was also it was a, it was a good weekend for Father's Day. I'm sure some people went to see it again. I enjoyed that movie. I should go see it again. Number two, and they're saying it's a disappointing release, but it's still a solid number for its first week on the list, Lightyear, with $51 million. I would have thought it would have made a lot more money than that. You know, Toy Story is a huge franchise. Buzz Lightyear is one of the most popular uh, uh, people in that. Yep. So I, I don't know why that, that didn't make more money. Because it's Tim, not Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I'm just saying, Chris Evans, it's, it's yeah. America's ass. Let's go. <laughs> and for its second week in number one, Jurassic World Dominion with $58.7 million. And that isn't because of the number. It's because, <laughs> goddamn, <laughs> if you went to see that movie, I don't want to tell you. I know that there was some people who were like, Rich, you were hard on the movie. I was not hard on that movie. So, And and, and I don't know how everybody can be re- fucking wrong. Uh, once again, if you love the movie, love the movie. I'm just saying. I don't know how everybody could be wrong. You had two incidences over the weekend. One, a friend of mine's birthday was over the weekend she was like oh i plan on going to the movies and i was like okay i'll let you know what's going on she never said what she wanted to see i was afraid it was this would be jurassic world and i was like yeah i got plans to go get dinner blah blah blah. the other one was my other buddy went and saw it he goes it wasn't that bad of a movie but i really did enjoy the popcorn i'm like if you enjoyed the popcorn more than the movie then the movie was shit yeah and, he, you, if, and then the reply was you're right i was gonna say if you if you perfectly like oh the popcorn was great how the fuck are you focused on the popcorn <laughs> unless they got the popcornopolis zebra popcorn because that shit's better than a fucking five-star movie <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it doesn't matter if, if your takeaway from any movie is the popcorn was good that's a problem anyways uh once again if once again if you loved it love it yeah. that's fine i have no fucking hate in my heart for anybody who loves anything just not for me. And I cannot recommend it. Uh, Diesel. However, we got upcoming movies this week. What do we got coming out this week to the movie theaters? All right. We got two movies this week that interest us. Uh, first one is The Black Phone starring Ethan Hawke. I'm definitely right. in. I've had mixed reviews for that one, too. I've heard some really good ones, but I've heard a couple. Did you? Um, I, don't, I won't read any spoiler reviews. So I just read some did people you, that I know who do spoiler free. Did you hear uh, what Stephen King said about it? Yeah, Stephen sure King said it should have. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was one of his books. But then again, yeah. it was his son who did it. Yeah. But so it's a Joe Hill. It was based on a Joe Hill book. Yeah. Uh, and then also the coming story, out. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Also coming out this week, Elvis, starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. I'm in for that one. Yeah. I've been fucking waiting to see that one for a while. Uh, growing up, my grandma was big on Elvis. Heard a lot of Elvis music. I can't wait to see it. it looks good. Austin Butler looks great as Elvis. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, Tom Hanks, man. Tom Hanks kills it. By the way, don't fuck with Tom Hanks' wife. We found that out this week. <laughs> Unlike Will Smith, Tom Hanks will stand the fuck up bright and early, guiding some people's faces. Don't fuck with Tom Hanks. Yo, don't think he's a bitch. And no, you don't. You really don't want to pull his gangster card because I know they don't get along too much. But if you fuck with him, Chet Hanks is gonna get that ass, bro. <laughs> he'll come, nah, he'll come. He'll come with his guns blazing, man. That's his mom and dad. At the end of the day, he'll still defend them. Oh, yeah. All right, well, that means only one thing left, Diesel, in uh, the triple stuff, and that, of course, is this week's top three. This week's top three is your top three coming-of-age movies. Coming-of-age films, man. You know, that was a bigger genre when we were younger. Yeah, yeah so it was it was huge. huge. Jesus Christ. I mean, think about all the the Hughes films Yeah, alone. I mean, I, I, I could sit here forever and list fucking movie after movie that could be in that zone. But I got my three. Right. And I got to be honest with you. My number three spot. My number three spot is only because 
I want to get a reaction out of Diesel. All right. And of course, and it's, it's and this is loosely coming of age. It's my girl. <laughs> he came of age. <laughs> well, one of them didn't come of age. <laughs> he didn't see his future because he didn't have his glasses no more. <laughs> oh, uh, no, actually, in all honesty, my number three is a is a little older film, and it's coming in. A, it is a coming of age film, but it's it's fucking uh, it's Stand by Me. Yep. yep, Stand by Me is fucking phenomenal. Still holds up to this day. I, I think that movie's phenomenal. Uh, number two spot. I'm going to go with one of my all-time favorite movies, and that, of course, is the legendary Breakfast Club. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, I thought that was one of the things that, like, it, when I was a kid, and mind you, it came out in the 80s, and I was real little, so I didn't remember watching it until the early 90s. I just, I always wanted to be like them, uh, even yeah. though they were all fucked up and flawed. Yeah. I don't think I understood that part until later, years later. Yeah. And in my number one spot, and it's not for any other reason than it's one of my favorite movies uh, that did come out when I was in high school, so it was our in our area, and uh, it's a comedy, but it was still fun, and I could really equate to it. Is can't hardly wait. Oh, yeah. okay. Because uh, they they are worried about the future. It's the last party of high school. Lots of cool stuff. It's a really good movie, but there is some really good subtext underneath of who these characters truly are. So, uh, Can't Hardly Wait is my number one. Ron, what's your top three? Uh, num- number three is the newest one out of the group that I'm picking, and that's super bad. Oh, super like, bad. Like, okay. That was you know 2007 when they weren't really doing too much of these, and this came out. It was a refresh. Yeah, and it was solid. Uh, number two, got to go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Bueller, right? you just it's it's classic. It's shown everywhere. And if you don't know what number one is, and you guys haven't been hanging out with me long enough, Van Wilder. Yeah, we knew that was coming. <laughs> that was coming. I mean, that was coming of age, and then coming of age, and then there was a dog coming. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was not a coming of age movie. That was a culminating of age movie. <laughs> hey, Baby, or. I'm about to culminate. <laughs> or definitely the dog came. I mean, let's be honest. He I mean, came of he came of a lot. He came in a lot of eclairs. Anyways, yeah. oh. <laughs> Diesel, what's your top three? Number three is actually a twofer, and it is My Girl One and Two. <laughs> I, I, I honestly do love those movies. The amount of time I rented them from Video King growing up was an astounding number and i actually do really enjoy that movie number two we are going with another more recent one but again in the girl coming of age movies ladybird oh yeah you're a big fan of the ladybird was really good and then number one i just did the rewatch of this last night because i haven't seen it in forever boys in the hood oh Oh, boys in the hood was great yeah very good john singleton movie yeah very good movie man boo anyways that was a very fucking great pick. It's a great top three this week. Of course, now we are going to regroup. We are going to take a break. When we come back from the break, it's going to be time for the 3FN Movie Club Review of the Week. And this week, it was picked by one of our wonderful pa- uh, patrons over at patreon.com slash 8122productions. And of course, if you would like an opportunity to pick a film and also support the show, you, for as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, including giving us a list and everything else. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. This week's was picked by our good friend Ken M. Uh, completely done by raffle, by the way. I just want to point out on the up. And uh, the movie is A Bronx Tale. So when we come back from the break, 3FN Movie Club Review, A Bronx Tale. All right, guys. This is Jill Whitlow from Night of the Creeps. And you are listening to the incredible... Vivacious Three Fat Nerds. Step in a little social landmines and dodge depression with self medication. 
are coming back for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And of course, we are going to be talking about the 1993 classic, A Bronx Tale. Now, even though this movie came out almost 30 years ago, we are still going to treat this like we treat every movie here on the 3FN Movie Club because, you know, maybe some of you have not seen it. Maybe, especially some of our younger listeners, I'm, I'm sure, maybe have not seen it. So we are going to do it how we normally do. So we'll first off break down the movie, give you all of you know the people that are in the movie, the synopsis of the film, all spoiler free. We will then turn around and give our recommendation or not recommendation and why, why not spoiler free. We will then play the spoiler alert. We will then talk about the good and the bad of the movie with spoilers involved. Not that there's a ton of them in this movie. But still, you know, we want to keep to what's going on. Then we'll play the game, the game. which, by the way, Diesel is the reigning champion. Mm-hmm. He's got two in a row. Maybe Ron can unthrone him, but we'll play the game. And then, of course, we will give the nerd score and my critic score to end out this 3FN movie club like we do each and every week. And that, of course, is for the benefit of those who don't know how we run it. And if you're new, thank you for tuning in and listening. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about A Bronx Tale. Uh, A Bronx Tale was released on September 29th, 1993. The quick synopsis of the film is as follows. As he grows into a teenager on the streets of the Bronx in the socially turbulent 1960s, I always say it's C. C. Because it's college arrow. I just always say it wrong, but I can't. I try to do it with the accent, and I'm just not good at it. Uh, Gets taken under the wing of a neighborhood mobster, Sonny. Sonny initiates the boy into the ways of a gangland lifestyle in direct conflict with his straight arrow bus driver father. But when C falls for his African American classmate, Jane, the repercussions threaten the entire neighborhood. So this is like a coming of age story, a little Romeo and Juliet, only set in the Bronx back in the 1950s. Uh, Are you ready? Uh, Of course, I already said it. It was released on September 29th, 1993 with a runtime of 120 minutes. It was distributed by Savoy Pictures. Production companies were Price Entertainment and Tribeca Productions. Uh, The the movie is based on a Bronx tale by Chaz Palamentary. The screenplay was also done by Chaz Palamentary, and it was directed by the great Robert De Niro. This movie was produced by Jane Rosenthal, John Killick, and Robert De Niro. Cinematography by Ronaldo Villalobos. Uh, edited by David Ray and Robert Q. Lovett, and the music by Butch Barbarella. Of course, it stars Robert De Niro, Chaz Palamentary, who is also is is, the, is, is is a star movie, of course, playing the young role, and we'll get it out of the way now, was Lilo Brancanto. He plays C. Uh, Francis uh, Caparera plays uh, C as he was, he was a little younger. Uh, Terrell Hicks plays uh, Jane in this movie. And Joe Pesci makes an appearance as Carmine and so many more in this movie. Of course, Lilo Brancato. <laughs> We're not going to get into the crimes of him, but he was convicted and died in prison uh, some years ago. This is not a statement or an indictment on anything that he is accused of. Uh, just know that uh, we're talking about the movie, and that's that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. We're not going to go in details again because we don't get into that mess. Uh, the budget of this film was $10 million. Gentlemen, what was the box office for this movie in 1993? 93. I don't think it was a massive hit. I'm going to go $15 million. I'm going to go higher, actually, with this one and say probably about 22 
Ladies and gentlemen, $17.3 million. So it did make its money back and then some. Of course, 93 is the was the year of Jurassic Park. Uh, that oh, filled right. all the box yeah, offices that up. year uh, as the number one movie of the year. But 1993 had some great movies, including A Bronx Tale, come out. So with that being said, before we jump into the spoiler section of this, uh, we're in the recommendation zone. So I'm going to go around the table. Recommend, don't recommend, and why? Spoiler free. Ronald, we'll start with you. A Bronx Tale, recommend or not? Definitely recommend this movie if you haven't seen it. It's uh, actually another great coming-of-age movie. Um, it's it's definitely worth the watch. Okay. Uh, Diesel? I'm going to say it's a classic, but it's an overrated classic. You can take it or leave it. Whoa. So, yeah. your thumbs, so we should do thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle for yeah, the future. Yeah, thumbs in the middle. So like, it'll be easier that way, I think. Yeah. I'm on the other side. This is a thumbs up. I think you should see it. It is a classic movie. Uh, I will agree with you slightly uh, with the spoiler free. It is a little overrated, uh, especially in some circles. But I will definitely say that it is a thumbs up. You should see this movie. It is a classic film. With that being said, I understand that this movie is almost exactly 30 years old. However, however, we are going to play a spoiler just in case somebody out there has not seen the film. So if you have seen A Bronx Tale... Or you don't care if it's spoiled and you, you know, whatever. Go ahead and stay on board. But if you would like to watch A Bronx Tale from 1993 before you hear what we have to say with spoilers in it, then go ahead and this is your time to pause the show. Come back after you see it. You can find this uh, movie on YouTube. Also, you can pay for it on Amazon. It is only a $2.99 rental. With that being said, let's cue that spoiler alert. All right, spoiler time. Let's talk about what we liked about this movie. I am going to start with Ronald. What did you like about a Bronx Tale? Actually, it, it's actually set up really nice. Like it, it gives you the, the 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 history of the main character, see, and like when he was a kid, and you 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 get to feel where he's at and what he's seeing and what happens. Then it fast forwards to the you know him being seventeen, and then you get get that story. So you, and then you so you get that whole string of character they introduce the characters that you have the narration of the you know see narrating his life basically and you get the introduction of characters and you feel for the characters as they go on as they run through the bronx and cause mischief pretty much i mean that's south, as, south bronx, it, baby. yeah uh <laughs> i just had to throw that in there uh yeah I, I agree um you know i this this movie to me is a very good time piece it is a, you know even when it was made obviously in 93 this is taking place in the past yeah so it's not 1993 bronx uh, there's some really cool stuff that I, I do dig about this movie, uh, including some of the most iconic scenes in the movie. Of course, we have the uh, the door, the door trick. Yep. If uh, you know, yeah, go over and lock the door. If she unlocks the door for you, she's a keeper. Yeah. Uh, I, I, one of, one the, of the greatest things, yeah, the test from Sunny, and of course, who can forget one of the greatest. Mind you, this is a mob movie adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not full on mob flick. This is not good fellas. This is not what Casino would be because Casino comes out shortly thereafter this. Uh, this is literally mob story adjacent because this is a coming of age story. It's a love story. It's a Romeo and Juliet story because they definitely deal with racism even in yeah. New York City and the Bronx between the black community and the Italian community. So, like, there's a lot of, like, deep stories in this. But one of the most iconic scenes of all time is the biker scene in the bar where Sonny oh, comes so in the great. bar. The bikers are thinking they're going to push the gangsters around. It was the wrong fucking bar. You guys going to leave? No. Okay, lock the door. Yeah. 
Now y'all can't leave. Yeah. And they proceed to fuck those bikers up. Because they were in the wrong neighborhood talking the wrong shit to the wrong people. It was fucked up. That's great. It's a great scene because you just hear the bikes come in. Sonny looks over his shoulder. They're being, you know, ruffians going in. Oh, but our money spends. We just want to get a couple beers, spend our money. And he's like, okay. It's okay. It's okay. He's like, okay. Money spends. You're right. You know, you go ahead. And And then then they're rude and they're destroying shit. And then he's like, he goes out. He goes, I've given you one chance to leave. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, "Who the fuck? Yeah, yeah, fuck you. Who get, the fuck you think you get, are? Get out of here!" And then he walks over to the door, and they think they won. Turns, turns the sign over to close, <laughs> locks <laughs> yeah, the door. Right. Not then he turns around. And he says, "Nadia's can't leave." <laughs> and then all of a sudden they whoop their ass. <laughs> oh, the old Italian dudes are fucking them up. Which hey, I appreciate that. But yeah, I, I just love it. Nadia's can't leave. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I've always loved that part of this movie as far oh, yeah. as like this stuff. Being from an Italian-American family, I definitely had some uncles that <laughs> acted just like that. Although my family lineage goes through a story of Queens and not the Bronx. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just got to throw it out there. I, I, I dug this. There's some great scenes in this movie. The soundtrack is sucking on point as far as my positives. Oh, and yeah. uh, definitely some iconic scenes. Diesel, what are some of I know you didn't you think it's over but you had to have some positives. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are definitely positives. The soundtrack is amazing. It was a good uh, screenshot of the 60s. Um, and acting-wise, uh, Lilo Brancalo, for a young actor at debut role, it's a shame what happened to him later on because it's pure wasted talent. Yes. A absolute clinic by De Niro and oh. Chaz Palminteri. They were phenomenal. Oh, yeah. As well as uh, Joe Pesci in a small role at the end. Like, phenomenal acting by most of the cast. I was yeah. gonna say even Terrell Hicks in her yeah. first yeah. role was was super yeah. sweet as as the love interest Jane. Well, it's it's like it's written so well that when Joe Pesci shows up, you're like, oh shit, we're gonna get another part of this movie, and oh, it yeah. just ends, well, and you're like, fuck. I was gonna say the best, the, really honestly, my favorite part of this movie is, of course, the the, the it, it going. And then we'll go to the negatives. Is the the power structure? So Sonny is a mobster. He's he's the he's the kind of side of the street, and 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 Robert De Niro is play uh, plays the character Lorenzo. Lorenzo is is C's dad. Lorenzo is a bus driver. He's like, you got to earn your living in this world. You can't take the easy way. All these guys, it might look flashy and shit, but it leads to the same places. But of course, C's on the block. He sees the gangsters, and they got all the nice cars. They got the nice stuff, and of course, he has this really good relationship with Sonny. But there's always this underlying respect between Sonny. And Lorenzo. And nobody really knows why. And you never really go. And throughout the whole movie, you think, well, maybe it's because Lorenzo used to be in that life. But you find out that's not the case. And and you find out in a beautiful way because at the end of the movie, we do get... Because it's really a cameo appearance by Joe Pesci. And Joe Pesci comes in and he walks over to see because uh, De Niro dies. He passes away. Not De Niro. Palmetary. Palmetary, sorry. Sonny dies. He passes away. And uh, basically... uh, he comes over and he basically gives the, the story about them being friends and all that and his father and he's a good man. You should listen to your father because your father's leading you in the right direction. And uh, you don't want to be in our line of work. Uh, sorry, I misspoke with it before. But yeah. I, I just thought that that was one of those amazing pictures that you get. Oh, they were friends. Like, and they all were like, hey, we tried to get your old man to be involved. But, he, you know, he wanted to do it your way and he's better for it. Better man for it. Yeah, your your pops is still here, and look at Sonny lying here motionless. Yeah, because yeah. it all pays be- off from the yeah. incident in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, basically it's like, hey, here you go. This lifestyle led to him being dead, and your dad's still alive, and he's a good man. That was one of the things I did like, too, because they don't explain what happened, but in the beginning of the movie where you know he witnesses the murder, 
and he thinks, was, was, was that all, all about a parking spot? Yeah. And then he asks uh, Sonny about it when he gets a little older, or no, no early sure. on. Uh, no, yeah, but then he also asks. But Joe. then he asks uh, Pesci's character, yeah. Carmine, and Carmine's like, no. It wasn't about a parking spot. and just leaves it at that, and you're just like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, because Pesci does a good job, even yeah. though the cameo world, of closing all the loose ends. Yeah. And, you know, he goes on to be like, I went back to my father and, you know, became a good man, hard worker, blah, blah, blah. Because yeah. you get that secondary thing. But that was good. Yeah. I thought it was a good uh, yeah. little turn. So now we get into the negatives. And, Diesel, I'm going to let you go first because, obviously, you have a lot more negatives than probably the rest of us. Go ahead. All right. Um, as much as he did great acting, I think the direction of this film was not good. The way certain scenes, like, in the beginning were done. I get the montage of the 60s and 50s Bronx, but I think it was a little too hokey for my liking, especially with the stickball uh, at-bats choreographed to the music. I, it was kind of yeah. sloppily done, and I just yeah. wasn't a huge fan of it. That being said, like acting throughout, throughout it was great, but some of the resolutions to conflict were a little weird. The pacing in the first part of the movie felt like it was in real time, like, you felt you aged those nine years watching it. And then the third act happens like this. True. It He meets Jane. Yeah. You, There's a issue with his friends beating up the black kids that are riding their bikes for the neighborhood. Her brother finds out, oh, he was one of them. He didn't, he didn't beat me up. He was one of the nice guys. He didn't beat me up. But I'm going to say he did. Yeah. And then... C drops the hardest of R's in this movie. Yes. <laughs> the hardest of R's in front of his, you know, the girl that he's trying attempting to woo, calling her brother the hardest of R's. Yes. They go off. While that hard R is still resonating in her eardrum, her brother comes clean. No, C didn't beat me up. He actually like kind of like tried to get it so I wasn't getting beat up. He didn't know I was your brother, but he was like wasn't it involved. And she comes back after still hearing that ring <laughs> R in her ear. And By the way, I call shenanigans. Italians have a different word that they use. Yes. Oh, she dropped they don't, it. They yeah. don't use the word with the hard R. I'm just going to throw it out there. They use I'm talking equally, about retard. They use an equally offensive yeah. uh, term, but it's a definitely a term. I'm not going to say what the term is, but I do know it. And all my paisans know, too. But I'm just saying, uh, just throwing it out there. So that was part of the movie that wasn't true to life. So then Sonny goes with his, or not Sonny, yeah, Steve goes with his friends, the little hoodlums, and they're going to go commit a hate crime and firebomb the black neighborhood. <laughs> Flat out, they got Molotov cocktails. <laughs> Leave them in the car. <laughs> so Sonny stops them, pulls C out of the car. You kids don't come around this kid anymore. Well, I got to go back to the cool scene in the bar, the biker scene. C is a straight little bitch crying avoiding getting hit <laughs> so whatever whatever so he goes with his friends and he's like oh shit i, I don't want to do this but you know i'm kind of peer pressured in luckily Sonny stops him gets him out of the car and he just happens to run into jane as that hard hour is still ringing she's like my brother came clean he said that you weren't involved <laughs> you still 20 minutes ago, he dropped the hardest. And I, I can't stress this enough. The hardest hard. of the way, my friends are going to firebomb your, your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Well, before that, like they start kissing and blah, 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 blah. And then like five minutes later, he's like, oh, shit. Where are your keys? We got to go because I was just in a group about to commit a 
big old hate crime in your hood. <laughs> he, he turns into Takeshi 6ix9ine real quick, stitches the fuck out of people. So she gives them the keys. They run to her car. And this is where the cool moment with the, the door test happens. And she passes the door test. Yes. And they fly down to the neighborhood. And, you know, the kids had already lit up some Molotovs, thrown them into the business there. One of them doesn't go off, and somebody grabs it and throws it into the car as it's spilling off. And just what sets off the other seven that are still in the car. Seven that's still in the car, and the car goes boom, and all his friends are dead. So, he snitched for no reason, and his friends ended up dead. Yeah. It, it was that third act just felt really weird unbelievable and way too quickly paced where you're just like and then all of a sudden they're like they're just making out on the street before he realizes oh yeah they're gonna go firebomb your uh your neighbors a little weak storytelling in that aspect right there and then sunny gets it and then sunny gets it sunny buys the farm yeah (laughs) so then he he realizes he's not welcome in the neighborhood because you know his friends just tried to and successfully burned down a business so the one black uh contingent there is like starting to yell at him and shit he's like oh shit i gotta go and jane's like yeah you probably should get out of here and her brother's like yeah you get the fuck out of here they're getting a little uppity on you he goes running he's gotta thank sonny for saving his life getting him out of that car he runs across the bronx makes it there and he sees the one guy not smiling in this party room and then nobody boom. else nobody else can see him i'm the only one that can see him and he's not smiling yep. and he's just walking towards sonny Sonny has no idea he's there. Yeah. Uh, Instead of warning him, he was a straight bitch. So, and it was, which the person who murdered him was actually the son of the guy that was murdered eight years prior in the setup scene. So it was a cool little, well, you witnessed all the loose ends. Yeah, it was, it was kind of cool, but it was that ending, like the first two acts, real time, third act, way too rushed. True. So those, those, those are my main gripes, why I think it's a very well, overrated with this movie. With yeah. That's why I said when you see Joe Pesci show up, you think you're getting the other, yeah. the actual third act in the movie. Well, I'm praying that because at that point I've already invested an hour and 55 minutes and I'm just like, I was say, please, I two hours at that point. <laughs> no, you know, I know, right? I know, but I'm just saying how he shows up and how he, with the yeah. acting and all that stuff. Yeah. Aaron, you got anything you want to add to that? No, he actually hits everything on that. <laughs> I, I, I agree with him with all that. I understand. Right. Why? But it's I still- also agree with you as well. I mean, uh, there, you hit pretty. Odd. The, the, it was a little rust of a third act. Uh, well, a little. It was a fairy rush. <laughs> uh, there was a lot more backstory that you didn't need. Like I said, there was times in this movie. I get what they were doing, but I don't get what they were doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I get that they were trying to make a, a Romeo and Juliet situation with these two young lovers. Yeah. Uh, you know, because they're from the different communities, and so a co- cool message in there. Very cool message. However. The gangster stuff really doesn't play too much of a fucking role in the movie. So, like I said, that's why it's a gangster movie adjacent. I think they were just trying to cash in on the fact that, like, everybody loves gangster films. And that that was another thing, too, with the Romeo and Juliet with the mixed races thing. You know, you're you're betrayed. You you like Sonny throughout the movie, but you know that he's the bad guy. Like, he's the bad influence. And Lorenzo, played by De Niro, is the good influence. Like, the angel versus devil influencing uh, C. But when it comes to the interracial aspect of it, it's it's vice versa. It, Sunny, Sunny Sunny's is all for it. All for it. If she's one of the great ones, she's one of the great yeah. ones. That all that matters is your your guys's happiness. And his yeah. dad's like, I don't mind them people, but I don't think them racists should mix. Yeah. Well, that, and, that, 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 well here's the problem: <laughs> the Italian community has always been known to be a little racist. Okay. I'm just I'm I'm not I'm not shade, throwing shade on my people. I'm just saying. The, the Italian community, especially in New York City, has known to be slightly racist. 
except for the gangsters. Because the gangsters, a lot of your mafia guys used to have black umars. Yeah. Which, of course, is just a fancy word for mistresses. But uh, that's 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 what they did. Like, that was a normal thing. I mean, we found out about that in Sopranos. Polly Walnuts. He's, yeah. he's, he's got a black umar, which is not unusual. That's why it really is weird that there's that. I, I like how they portrayed it in that aspect because they did kind of portray real life where the mafia doesn't really give a shit and you know it just felt out of place though with you know Lorenzo supposed to be the voice of reason right, yeah, versus you know like but the, they stuck with realism yeah so I gotta yeah. give them I will give them credit there they did stick with realism <laughs> uh, I just throwing it out there just throwing it out there the mafia guys a lot more understanding of the race community well they they had a lot more in common yeah. too because the mafia guys used to. It, Drug dealers in New York City used to get drugs from the mafia. Let's be honest. Yeah. Okay, so like there was a, there was business dealings. So they didn't give a fuck about what color you were because they did they did business with yeah. fucking Italians. They did business with uh, uh, Spanish people. They did business with black people. They did business with everybody. They didn't give a fuck. Yeah. If if there was money to be made, the mafia was going to make it. And like I said, there was quite a few mafia members who had uh, black mistresses. Yeah. And so like it, it wasn't really seen as being you know. Yeah. And even if you go back in time and watch like. Uh, the Malcolm X movie, uh, X, the Spike Lee movie, with uh, Denzel Washington. There's the scene where they're in Harlem, and there's all the mafia guys in Harlem that meet Malcolm X, and he's wondering why these white, you know, these black women in these nightclubs in Harlem are all over these white mafia guys, and he doesn't understand it at the time. Yeah. Uh, and this is when his, Malcolm X was in his criminal days, I should say, because remember that's when he's knocking off banks and shit like that, breaking into houses. So, like, it, it's kind of interesting that that comes out, too. Because, like I said, at least it's, like, true to life. But I, I get it. Like, I, I just hated the fact that this is, like, a half-assed mob film. And then the other half is Romeo and Juliet. I think that you should have either been all-in mafia style with the Romeo and Juliet storyline. You could have done similar yeah. things. Or you should have been all-in. Like, it's just a weird king. That's the one thing that I will say. And it, it would go with your pacing. Because it feels like they're serving two masters at that point in Juncture. And the pacing suffers. With that being said, though, before, before before we give our scores, you know what time it is. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> That's right. It's time to play the game. And of course, Diesel is uh, two times, two weeks in a row. Your defending champion is this the week? Ron knocks him off, or can Diesel go for the three P? We'll find out very soon. The game is simply played like this. It's Price is Right rules. It's close to the number without going over, unless it's the tiebreaker. And the tiebreaker could be worth two points because we like to make it interesting. Or if it is the tiebreaker, in fact, it is the closest to the number because we don't do fucking ties on the Three Fat Nerds podcast. So, with that being said, because Diesel is the reigning champion, Ronald gets to go first. IMDb, out of 10, what did they give, using points, by the way, what did they give a Bronx Tale? 7.1. Diesel. 6.3. I know I should just go with, like, one point, but, like, 6.3 is where it was in my head. 7.1, 6.3. Ron gets the point, 7.8 out of 10. Ooh, ooh. All right. Here's a newcomer, Diesel, to throw you off. Walmart. What? Out of five, using points. Is this the ones that they edited back down? I don't know, but I'm just telling you, out of five, using points, what did the people at Walmart.com give this movie? I don't trust the shoppers of Walmart.com <laughs> to great movies. Uh, out of five with points? Yep. Oh. Making it harder. Going to have to earn that keep, baby. 3.4. One. 3.4 <laughs> and one? Dick. 
Should have gone higher. Teasel ties it up. Oh. Gets the point. It was 4.8 out of Holy 5. Shit. I didn't think it would be that high. <laughs> All right, Ron, it's going to come back to you, and this could be for the win for either one of you, so pressure is on. On uh, Rotten Tomatoes, out of 100%, what do they give? A Bronx Tail. Oh, shit. Uh, I don't want to go that high. 80. 80. 80. 80%. Fuck. That's the exact number, obviously. Diesel, are you going to go higher or lower? <sighs> Fuck. I'm going to go lower, so we're just going to go one point, Bob. <laughs> 81. 81. 81. 81. Your winner. Not 79. Not 79. And new <laughs> champion, Ron. 97% on oh. Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. I didn't know it would be that high, honestly. Oh, All right, so for funsies, uh, Diesel, you can go first for funsies. Uh, on Google users, 100%. 92. Ron. <laughs> 85. Diesel would have gotten it straight on, 92%. Holy shit. <laughs> so, so there you guys have it. So now it is time for us to give it the nerd score. The nerd score is an entertainment score. Yes, we do take a critical score involved, but on the nerd scale, you can just be a bad movie and still be rated higher. Perfect example of this is Maximum Overdrive. That movie is a 2 out of 10 at best on a critical scale. However, both me and Ron would rate that as a 4 out of 5 on the nerd scale because it's fucking hilarious. Great. So bad, it's good. So, with that being said, the nerd scale is as follows. A one is just no. No. Don't ever watch it. Don't ever see it. Stay clear of it. Treat it like uh, most people treat Dracula. Stay the fuck away. <laughs> Number two is You've Been Warned. That means it's not the worst movie on the planet, but it's also not very good. So, it's a waste of your time to probably watch it, so you've been warned. Three is, eh, it's good. That means it's a good movie. It's an average movie. It's a good movie. It's, you know, it's worth watching, but it's not necessarily worth buying. It's not worth adding to your collection. If it's in the theaters, it's not worth going to see in the theater. Wait till it's on a streaming service and catch it there. You're probably not going to watch it more than once, but you're not wasting your time at least. It's a good movie. Next up is the four spot, and that is Just Take My Money. That means if it's in the theater, you should probably go see it in the theater. It's worth it. You can buy it. To add to your collection, you can uh, buy it off of Amazon, whatever you want to do. Spend some money to see it because it's definitely going to be worth it. You're going to think it's great. You'll probably watch it more than once in your life and you'll enjoy it. And of course, last but not least is the Taz the Five and it's the rarefied air. It's certified nerd. And if you're certified nerd, it's simple. That means they're the best of the best. The crumb de la crumb, the instant classics. Such movies who have gotten a unanimous. I, I want to say other movies have gotten one of us or two of us to say certified nerd. But the unanimous certified nerd, uh, the last one was The Batman. Prior to that, it was Spider-Man, No Way Home. Uh, also, uh, Jurassic Park. We did we did talk about it last <laughs> week. We all consider that a certified nerd movie, and so on and so forth. Jaws as well. as We haven't done a full one on Jaws, but that's the kind of movie you're looking for that is unanimously certified nerd. And, of course, at the end of this, I will get my critic score as well. So, Ronald, we're going to go with you first. A Bronx Tale, what is your score? Overall, like you said, because we don't do halves, I'm pushing it towards a three just to see it. I think it's worth a watch. I don't. I don't think it's the greatest thing made. We, like you said, that third act is really rushed. But it 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 is only two hours. Like we've seen worse movies for longer. So like, give it a watch if you haven't yeah, seen it. Good movie. Give it a watch. Three for Ron. What do you give it, Diesel? See, I'm in the same boat. Like I was very. Hard, I was the hardest one on it, but and saying it was overrated. But when you look at like the user uh, scores, the critic scores, all that stuff that we just did on the game, they are super high. But for me, it's not like if I want to watch a mafia movie, it's not the movie I want to see. If I want to watch like a Starcross Lover movie, it's not the movie I want to see. It's on the low spectrum of a three. 
I am going to make this a clean sweep. I also give it a three. It's a good movie. It's something that's worth seeing once. I've seen it a few times in my life. There's things that I like about it, but I can skip over and see the great scenes that I want to see that are in this movie without watching the entire flick. Uh, I don't regret seeing it. So once again, like I said, it's a good movie, though. I, I just can't put it up there where it's something that I'm, I've added to my collection and that I've wanted to watch over and over again. With that being said, my, my critical score of this movie is a, I'm giving it a five and a half out of ten. It's slightly above an average film. What carries it over is some of the legendary scenes in this film. Uh, what detracts it is what we said before. The pacing is a little off. I wish the movie would have clearly been one or the other, you know, instead of like serving two masters in this in this case of being a uh, pseudo mafia film and B a Romeo and Juliet kind of film, star cross lovers, if you will. Uh, it's just. It, there was there's times where it just bogs it down but there is some iconic scenes in it it is really and in that case it's good and the story is decent enough to carry you through so i i do have to say this movie definitely gets a five and a half out of ten once again you might not agree with us you might disagree with us that's fine hit us up on the social medias let us know what you feel well, next week on the show, we are going to be reviewing a new movie that's coming out to the theaters. That movie is Elvis, starring Austin Butler and the legendary Tom Hanks. We will be seeing that, so you, know, so you guys know. Next week, we will be reviewing Elvis. There will be a bonus, bonus episode where either two or three, whatever, we'll be reviewing the movie Black Phone as well that will be dropping first on Patreon and then on this channel also next week. So you're going to get two reviews. Uh, we do treat those kind of like the movie club reviews. Uh, a little more long-winded sometimes on those ones because they are by themselves, but they are treated the same. So Elvis will be the 3FN movie club review for next week for the show, and you will be getting a bonus review of Black Phone also uh, on the network next week as well. With that being said, though, it is time for us to pay some bills. So it's time for some shameless plugs up in this biatch. That means if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us. But do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. Type in three fat nerds into any podcast provider out there. And booyakasha, that's where we are. Of course, it is the number three, not the word three, for all of our the things we talk about here today. While you're there, you might as well smash the uh, follow or subscribe button so you get the show delivered to you automatically each week. And also, while you're at it, even if you're already doing all of those things, hey, if you haven't already dropped that five-star review, help us out with that alg algorithm. Come find us on Facebook. Type in that search bar, 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. There you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review, help us spread the word of nerd. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 3 Fat Nerds Pod. Remember, for all of our social medias, whenever talking about the show, use the hashtag 3FNPod. But nerds, a Bronx Tale is the greatest movie of all time. Well, tell us about it. 3 Fat Nerds Pod at gmail.com. Of course, here's some double duty. First of all, make sure you're following us over on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash 607podcast to be exact. Every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, myself and Ken M. from the ODPH Podcast talk all things pro wrestling on 607TWS. Come join our chat. Come talk about pro wrestling Monday nights at 8 p.m. Of course, also for 14 days after, you can watch the rerun there, uh, which is always good. Go ahead and watch it there, or you can get it anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS if you would like to uh, listen to it in podcast form also we do other things there like movie nights and some other fun things so make sure you're following twitch.tv slash 607 podcast for all the stuff that comes up over there also uh i would like to let you guys know if you'd like to support the show monetarily and help support everything we do at 8122 productions of 607 podcast it's simple you can do that at patreon patreon.com slash 8122 productions for as little as one dollar a month you get a ton of extra bonus content including getting things early like the three fat nerds podcast you get it it's uncut uncooked 
and uncensored each and every week for your asses. And you get it early. You get it the day before, right after we're done recording it. It gets rendered and sent out, and then it gets edited and everything else before everybody else's consumption on Tuesday. So Monday nights, you get that uncut. You get that good good, as they say, uh, if you're on Patreon. Plus, you also get... The hottest show behind a paywall, 3FN After Dark, myself and Diesel sometimes being joined by guests uh, as we break down, we do some comedy stuff, man. We break down videos, we talk about some crazy shit, we have a lot of fun over there at 3FN After Dark. We're going to be doing those twice a month going forward, so make sure you're joining now. And of course, we love movies. If you love our movie reviews, we do deeper dives on movies from the past that we love. Do we still love them? Do we not love them? You'll find out. We love movies, myself and Ron, and sometimes with extra guests, breaking down some movies. One of those will be coming up to you next week, so make sure you're tuned in. Once again, little is $1 a month, two tiers, $1 and $3. We're not trying to break the bank, but it really does help us spread the word of nerd, and it also helps us do everything we do here at 8122 Productions. So remember, patreon.com slash 8122 Productions. Yeah, just type in that search bar, H-T-T-P colon backslash backslash 81 double deuce P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O. NS dot com. 8122productions.com for all things 8122productions. Learn more about Three Fighters Podcast. Learn more about 607TWS. Also, remember the links to the Twitch channel, they're there. The links to the Patreon, it's there. The links to our T Public store if you want some swag and support the show, that's there too. Go ahead, click on there. I got new merch coming out pretty soon. There's some things in the works uh, as far as the show goes, so. Make sure you're tuning in because uh, you're going to want to know when that drops. Yeah, I, I had to do the molding of my... Uh, you know, you know. <laughs> but with that being said, also, while you're there, you can also check out friends like the show, like the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, and get sent you right over there. And of course, our friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest, August 26th and 27th, and Vernon, New York at the Vernon Downs Casino. Come check out Richard Mouser's there, CJ Graham's there, David Howard Thornton's there, and a lot more celebrities and vendors. Come check it out. Listen, $15 for one day, $20 for a weekend. You can't beat those prices with a stick. And get more information, including tickets, at scifihorrorfest.com. Also, check out the uh, the uh, music section. In the music section, it's all the bands that provide us with the music, including the band that does our theme music. Shout out the robots. But we're also going to shout out the other bands that support us. That is Second Suitor, Tom Jolu, Floodlands, the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia, and the Jasons from West Virginia. Thank you all for providing us with music that we can use copyright-free each and every week. And uh, by the way, I also would like to say... Uh, from there, you can get all the links to their music. And make sure you check them out on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, we have our local sponsors who help bring this show to you each and every week. Commercial free, but we're going to give them a shout out right now. First of all, it's Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And of course, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events going on at the shop, it's simple. Hit them up on Facebook, like that page, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex to Rods Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent you. Ronald! Two out of ten stars. It's a kid's movie. In all fairness, it's a good kid's movie, but I'm afraid that all the hype and numerous rewards will fool some people into believing it's artistic merit. Once again, let me stress, it's a kid's movie. You'll find no subtlety or symbolization, no real character development, no underlying theme, no clever dialogue, and nothing really to challenge your mind. Instead, you'll get action, dazzling landscapes, special effects, a rushing musical score, good costumes, good makeup, and action. Yes, I said that twice because it's the best thing in the movie going for it. Really, the action sequences are pretty cool. 
But if you're looking for an artistic fairy tale like City of Lost Children, Brazil, Big Fish, The Crow, or Arizona Dream, you'll not only be disappointed, you'll be downright annoyed. Two out of ten stars. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. Well, we've had another great time and a great show. Hope you guys enjoyed it as well. We got to talk some nerd news, and of course, we reviewed A Bronx Tale. Next week, 3FN Movie Club Review will be of Elvis, just as one last reminder. But until then... We hope you guys have a wonderful week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later, nerds. Later. Is it better to be feared or loved? It's better to be jerked off. <laughs> Lord of the Rings just sucks people. You're falling apart. And you know it. You try and try to hide it, but you show it. I need you to know, I felt it too. And I'm still trying to figure it out, just like you. Just like you. Time to ask how I felt, assuming.